We're not Peaky Blinding over here, are we, are we? Boom! Peaky Blinders intro for the best podcast that intros with Peaky Blinders and then does not talk about Peaky Blinders. It's sweaty time pro wrestling, it is, it is. Hey, yo, you're Sean. Hello, hello. I am Sean. I wanted to... I th- I wa- so how much do you bet that I could do the entire podcast in a Cockney Peaky Blinders accent? I, I, I'll bet that you could. I ask that you don't. That's reasonable. <laughs> Sean, we have something important to talk about that for once show in the beginning is mm-hmm. relevant to both the subject at hand and specifically something that is brought up frequently on this show. Tell me about it, James, who you are. Hey, it's James. Hey, got a new single coming out on June 9th. Oh, yeah. Let's fucking go. That's not what I need to talk about. Then why, how dare you bring it up right now as opposed to the the, the purposefully assigned plug section of this podcast. Chaos. Chaos is abound. Sean. James. The Hernandez (laughs) hitting a kid is not what you made it out to be in the sense that I thought this was like the Summerfest with Jeremy Piven level memeing going on. How is this not more memed? A child being a hit and them going, oh, geez. For the record, it is Eddie Kingston. Yes. Who hits the child. Yes, which made it very hard. And it's the OGs, not LAX, which the OGs were formerly LAX. Oh, okay. My apology. I was not watching TNA at the time. And I can only apologize, which I do now. I apologize. Yeah. So James has finally seen the clip of what? What is? What year is that? Like 2018. 18. Yes. Yeah. Which is awesome. Eddie Kingston murders a child with a car um, because you were inspired by the very cute, fun Spider-Man. The toy is a toy. Uh-huh. Yeah, the toy is Spider-Man vehicular manslaughter of a child, which yep. is very cute. In that, like, there is a. It's weird. It's melodramatic, but in a very soap opera y way, mm-hmm. where everyone is very much like. You just hit a kid with a car. You can't do that. Uh huh. Like, like it's over the top because the subject matter is over the top, but like it's not played for guffaws. Also, the child being a hit is being a hit by a bunch of extraterrestrials who are trying to conquer the world. Not mm-hmm. one individual upset they lost a street match. Yeah, just a pissed off Eddie Kingston from Yonkers. <laughs> also, it's late. The sun is set and completely down in California. That child should not be out and about. I mean, yeah, that's true. But like, what if this child is, you know, selling drugs on the streets to make his way into the OGs? I don't know. It's not about wrestling anymore, baby. It's all about selling drugs as a child. That's how you become a popular wrestler in TNA. It would be to get into the LAX. Yes. Oh, wait. I thought it was the OGs. I thought you said it was the OGs that hit him with. Oh, the OGs hit him with the cards. Yeah. Wow. That that would be a pretty fucked up initiation thing for a gang. You got to be hit by a car. What is this, jackass? James, I've been meaning to talk to you about this for a while. You have so many podcasts. I think you're stretching yourself a little too thin. The next time you want someone, you think someone will be a nice co-host on a new podcast, I think you got to hit him with a car. Uh Uh-huh. First, I got to, actually, let's do it this way. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. We'll go all the way up Damon because it, it's sure. an incline and I'll get on my scooter. I'll go real fast. Just kick him. We'll go early in the morning so there's no street traffic. We'll wipe mm-hmm. out rocks and all that so I don't need to worry about that. And around- yeah, This is their initiation, not your initiation. Yes, yes. Well, mm-hmm. I don't own a car and I would prefer not to try and find someone who does- I'm just going to hit him real hard with the scooter. (laughs) I like it. I like a good initiation. Uh, And I hope that was the best initiation for you, dear listeners, to Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling, episode 27, where James and I are watching the first season of Lucha Underground. Yeah, and then we might watch the 2018 year of Impact Wrestling, because guess what? It's just Lucha Underground. That makes sense, because I think Lucha Underground just... I think Lucha Underground goes until 2018 or 2019. I think 2019 and then was supposed to probably be picked up for the 2020 season, but I don't know what happened with that. Hmm, so interesting, so interesting. There's another show, which we'll get to later, which we might need to look into, because I forgot it existed. What? But it'll come up later in the episode. Okay, okay. But let's talk about this episode. Episode 27, Ancient Medallions. I'm excited. We have a brand new MacGuffin in play. Yeah, we got seven medallions from the Aztec gods. Absolutely, we do. We open this episode at Dario's at-home prison, what where he keeps his brother behind the cage, and we have not seen him yet. But we see Dario, of course. We have, we, yeah, they, everything is still shot from the point of view of the brother. Sean, real quick, what yes, is James. the name of that Beavis and Butthead spinoff following that angsty teen girl? <laughs> you're, you're, of course, referring to uh, Quit Standing on My Neck, the one and only Daria. Okay, why, why do you say Dario and not Daria? Do I say Dario? I said I thought I said Dario. Do I say Dario? Yeah, I you really... say Dario Cueto. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't notice it. Like that's your New York coming out, baby. It's not even. Yeah, I'm so okay. I would like to take this time again to apologize, which is all I can do for <laughs> my gross Buffalonian dialect, which squeezes every A through the most. Have you? Yeah, Buffalo has. It's very Midwestern in a way where all your A's kind of come through here. So Dari- yes. Dario, Dario, Dario becomes Dario. Yeah. And nobody wants to invite you to parties anymore because that's how you sound. I'm sorry. It's Dario. Oh, like that dude who's constantly going after Donkey Kong. What's his name? King Karul? No, 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 no. In the original. Oh, well, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. You can't make What's me. his name? Jumpman. Yeah, you son of a bitch. did it. Yes. <laughs> I did it. I was tricking you. You would have said Mario yes, yes, and I would have been like, yes, no, it's yes. Jumpman. You <laughs> unrelated to bug main. Yeah, this is just your um, accent coming out when you say man. I think the. <laughs> So, uh, we open this episode at the at-home prison of Dario Cueto, as he tells his brother how it cost Dario half of their father's fortune, but he finally has a little red sack. And in his little red sack are seven medallions of the Aztec tribes. Once the medallions are united, they will make one warrior as powerful as the gods themselves. Dario's new plan of... new plan of... Still not totally sure what he's doing out of this. We're just kind of accepting he's a sociopath who enjoys violence. 
Yeah, I think he just wants to be able to say our promotion has the strongest individual in the world. Take that mm. WWE. Take that UFC. Take that goddamn Amazon. Yo, as spoiler alert, Brock Lesnar comes in and unites the medallions. Oh, damn. Says, I hope it's so. It's always me. It's always Brock, baby. Also, what's uh, really <laughs> fudged up, he says, oh, and possibly even stronger than you, brother. You're not going to give the medallions to your brother? Well, and he does lay out a plan not just to have the strongest warrior. He talks about how he wants to recreate history of the Aztec tribes mm -hmm. fighting each other. He thinks adding a MacGuffin this powerful will create even more hatred between his combatants. They will have even hate. more reason to just kill each other. So yeah, it's part, yeah. Dario Cueto being a absolute, I, I'm self-conscious of it now. And I'm hope, I can only hope I pronounce it correctly. Dario. Quit standing on my red sack. He wants as much violence as possible. As little, the opposite of AEW or even TNA, where there are a lot of teams, you know, there's a lot of like, we're looking out for each other, we're a group together, and we kind of roll in factions, it's uh, frequently described as. This is like, no, everyone's an individual, everyone hates everyone, this is, this is high school, baby. Hell yeah. No, in high school, you'd, you'd have your little factions, your nerds, your geeks, your fools. Your spazoids, uh -huh. uh, your waste cases, uh -huh. of course, of course. Yeah, what's like a good example of like something that's just very individualized? Uh, capitalism. He wants a capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sergio Mendoza y la orchestra, orchestra plays us to the desk. Vampiro shouts out Robert to, uh, Trujillo, who's in the crowd, which is awesome. They did not give him a title card, which is bullshit. Robert Trujillo, of course, the bassist for Metallica ever since St. Anger. And I didn't, I didn't realize what's the basis for suicidal tendencies as well. Get it. That dude's awesome. And Vampiro's back with that little brother energy. Vampiro is like full Vampiro in this. He mm -hmm. is very excited uh, for everything that's happening. Man, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they should never put a camera on Vampiro or there should always be a little Vampiro camera in the corner yeah. of him just like, just Full-on sugar breakdown. Like, it, he is going to crash so hard after this episode. It's like the year my dad's business partner was going through a divorce, so he would funnel the things he didn't want his <laughs> wife to get in the divorce to us. So we had this big screen TV that was gigantic for an entire summer until, yeah, yeah. you know, the divorce was finalized, and he said, give me that back. And we would do picture in picture so we could play video games in a small little area while also watching Aqua Teen Hunger Force on DVD. Oh, that's awesome. But what games, what were you playing? A Need for Speed Underground mainly at this time. Classic, classic. So we need that, but Vampiro tiny in the corner. Yeah, you know what? It's not tiny and not in the corner. Instead, it's huge and in your face. Air... Yes, great muscles. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 you, I didn't have to comment on no. it. No one would have known how hard you were flexing. But God, were you flexing so hard. I am Vampiro. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, you I say to... words and I <laughs> mimic them through actual body language. You... <laughs> you are Vampiro and I am a cat with a laser pointer. But what is also big and in your face is this opening contest oh. with a brand new debut. Oh. It's 
Aerostar versus the debuting Jack Evans. Which we most recently saw Aerostar at a bout against Drago, which, hey, good thing yeah. he didn't win because, you know, Drago's out of the company. But, hey, maybe he'll be back. And, Sean, I would love this. What if one okay. day we get this, in quotes, new luchador coming in and it's clearly just Drago in full Drago garb, just with a new mask pulled over as well as he could <laughs> over his dragon mask. <laughs> And his little, like he has a cape over his little studded yeah. shoulder pads. <laughs> Just, I would love to see that Drago come back from, quote, on the other side of Neverland, mm -hmm. which is such a weird way of, hey, we rehired Drago. Where did you get him? He was on the other side of Neverland. Yeah. With just, oh no, I'm sorry. That's not Drago. He has a new, clearly that can't be Drago. He's wearing two masks and one uh -huh. of them is not the Drago mask. Drago only wore one mask that was the Drago mask. What if they um, do it like how when you see Shenlong on Earth, he looks mm -hmm. like, oh, he's like this spindly little dragon. But when you go to Namek, he's all buff oh, and yeah. shit. Holy shit. What if what if all of a sudden Mill comes and he's just like dressed as Drago and we're like, this is new Drago. <laughs> like when Super Shredder Kevin Nash shows up. I would love all of those. What if Drago What if Drago becomes the new Super Shredder, but he's mm -hmm. smaller, so it's pocket-sized Super Shredder. And he just pop, it's just basically we're going to do Awesome Powers mini me gimmick, mm -hmm. but with Kevin Nash and Drago. I'd love it. Let's go. Also, well, how do you feel uh, before we get into it? How do you feel about Jack Evans, new face in town? Or do you want me to uh, throw down a little context of where this Jack Evans guy is coming from? Well, I will say I completely disagree with someone in the audience who just point blank screamed, no one likes you, Evans. <laughs> Jack Evans is a little piece of shit this entire match, and he's awesome. Yeah, so good. He's great. He's amazing. Jack Evans, at this point, is working, has been with AAA for about four years now. He's been literally all over the place. Uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, he was a founding member, or no, he was a very recent member of Generation Next, uh, which is like Alex Shelley, a lot of like phenomenal dudes. He's a Dragon Gate alumnus, so he wrestled uh, a lot in Japan. TNA, he had, a, he had a cup of coffee there, and now he's been AAA for four years now, two-time tag champion with two different partners. Oh, and I almost forgot an alumnus of Re MTV's Wrestling Society X which had only one season, 10 episodes. The last episode was not aired. I That's the show I think we also might look at next. I think Hell they're yeah. like 30 minutes. They're not long episodes. And it is exactly what you think an MTV wrestling show would look like in the early 2000s, in the early to mid 2000s. I'm aware of it and it looks pretty rad. That's like when someone gets slammed on a bunch of uh, like barbed wire and it's just like flashing lights and stuff. Yes, everything explodes and there is a musical guest every week. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's where the cocky, arrogant, and full of piss and vinegar Jack Evans comes from. Well, he also, you know, you got to remember, he was trained in these hard-hitting styles and in the, what, heart dungeon? Is that what they call it? Um, was he in the heart dungeon? I thought that's what they were saying. They might have. Let me double check that. I think it was, a, yes, no, you're right. He did, because I, 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 I looked it up last night, and I should have written that down. He was either the heart dungeon or heart dungeon adjacent, which is... The Dungeon of Stu Hart, Canadian legendary 
uh, legendary father of Bret Hart. Literally, what this dude, he had a great basement, uh, was a phenomenal trainer, and would literally pick up dudes from the gym, like just bodybuilders, and then just, do you know what I mean when I say stretch him, stretching someone? No. It means he would put him in a variety of like submission holds and locks and be like, all right, try to escape. Okay. And then while they try to escape, but like just beat the shit, he would just beat the shit out of bodybuilders. Like people would say like, yeah, we, we lived down the street from the hearts. We would just hear large dudes screaming at all hours of the day. And every so often, just to make sure he'd have someone come up and be like, all right, just feel, make sure, uh, verify. Yeah, it, his penis isn't hard right now. Yes, he was. It, <laughs> it was not a fetish, guys. He wasn't just picking up men, putting them into submission and being like, I'm going to get off to this so much later. Oh, James, all wrestling is a fetish. And the, the sooner we accept and embrace that the more fun we have. But this man, (laughs) he comes from this this destruction of a dungeon, but not Mm -hmm. like Vampiro. He was trained by Homer Simpson. Yes. I love that. He's putting over... Vampiro puts over arrows (laughs) training with Gran Apache and Abismo Negro. Legendary dudes who I've never heard of. And it's just like, yeah, except unlike me, trained by Homer Simpson. And then I'm sure he makes a silly face, but they do not cut to him, Uh -uh. the cowards. It makes sense because Vampiro's finishing move in WCW was (laughs) the frosty chocolate milk slam. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And that is true. (laughs) Uh, I'm having a frosty good time with this match, though. Yeah, we we uh, we lo- we like this match. We liked it. We like what they did. What they put together here very much. It's a story. Both guys. If you've never seen Jack Evans, he's also a very fast, high flying dude. Going against Aerostar, who we've seen at least five matches of so far. One of the nicest, like high flying technicians. Very clean. Very flippy. It's interesting. It's very, there's some similarities. I think you just when you wrestle Aerostar, you have to wrestle a little dirtier. Like Jack Evans has like a lot of like just real stiff kicks, a lot of like real like like not wrestling throws, just like no, that's how you that's how you would throw someone onto the ground if you had to throw someone onto the ground. Because Arrow is incredibly evasive. We see that he's escape he's jumping through ropes. He's a Constantly escaping, springboarding around. Jack Evans does one himself and does it very well. When Jack Evans sort of cartwheels over the top rope onto the apron. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, like Jack Evans can't do the Aerostar things, but he cannot do it without immediately shit talking the audience. Love it. He's so good. He's constantly screaming, I am Lucha Libre. I'm the fucking, I'm fuck. I'm the best. I, I swore he did it. I had to rewind it like three times. Do you know the bowling meme? Uh, who do you think you are? I am. No. You've never seen who do you think you are? I am. No, not that I'm aware of. It's the greatest moment in bowling history, which there's only like three of. And two of those moments are the movie Kingpin starring Woody Harrelson. But the third one is who do you think you are? I am. Uh, Maybe I have seen this now that you're, it's. I'll look at it. Who cares? Who ca- I care. I care. It's still real to me, damn it. Bowling. <laughs> but it's pretty crazy. Uh, you know, Matt Stryker asks Vampira, like, a white man saying this. It's it's crazy that they're Lucha Libre. This is crazy. You wouldn't think of doing that. And Vampiro says, oh, I wouldn't. Conan would, but I wouldn't. It doesn't. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Conan, you piece of shit. <laughs> 
What do you think he's... <laughs> the original Max Moon, Conan himself? Um... We need. I need to look at old Conan matches just to be like, is Vampiro correct? Conan's awesome. I don't okay. know <laughs> what it's about. I mean, Conan, it's weird because a lot of old Conan mo- matches are in the middle of like WC, like late 90s, early 2000s WCW, which is real hit and miss just across the board. I don't know. I think Conan's neat. But this match absolutely slaps. Much like Vampiro would love to do to Conan face this match absolutely slaps uh jack step over toe uh jack hits an stf it's broken by arrow reaching for the ropes and immediately gets into it with the ref and i love it and the crowd like immediately understand how much they hate jack evans which it just test like how good jack evans is in this match he's high flying he's he's doing a lot like his offense normally supports being a baby face because there's a lot of really cool looking exciting spots that people would want to cheer for but jack evans is very like clarifies very well that he is a piece of shit and Mm -hmm. he like he does like it's such a good job of like matching arrows like a physically and athletically matching aerostar and selling for aerostar like when jack evans the finish of this match and jack evans is twitching on the ground it's i've watched a good amount of wrestling I was so uncomfortable in the best way how he was selling the finish. I was just like, oh, God, they murdered us. And I know Jack, I've seen Jack Evans wrestle since 2015. I know he's OK, but I'm like so concerned for him, even though he is an absolute piece of shit. I'm going to next episode. I will come. I, I'm sorry that I, I wasn't you didn't reacting. Come yet? No, I haven't oh, came sorry. in 31 years. <laughs> Whoa. I'm famously 32. So, you know, when I was one, I was leaking like a faucet. And I don't know why I immediately thought of the cats in the cradle. That song doesn't <laughs> yeah, apply here. I will come with a lot of research on why mm-hmm. Vampiro and Conan didn't like each other and if they still don't like each other. I think they're working together in AAA. Like, I think Vampiro is... I think Vampiro is on commentary and Conan is head booker. So I think I think this is a work. But I can't be certain. As with everything in wrestling, I don't know, man. I don't know these guys. I just like to watch them on my TV. I love... I don't think I've ever seen Arrow... Also, shouts out to the Arrow star arm drag over the top. Like, he arm drags Jack Evans over the top rope. I've seen people arm drag people. I've seen people throw people out of the ring. I've never seen someone arm drag someone like over the top rope to the outside of the ring. It was fucking sweet. Uh, and then immediately like follows up. He, he, he like does a front flip over the top rope, lands behind Jack Evans. Jack rushes towards him, flapjack into the barricade. It's so fucking cool. We'll get to the finish of the match now. Because we can talk about this match. There's so many things in this match. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All the match... At least two out of the three matches tonight, so many things happen. We see uh, Jack Evans go to the top rope, whiff on a corkscrew, Arrow like half dead with a bad knee. Uh, Like immediately, like Jack Evans kicks the shit out of Aerostar's knee. So he's dealing with that the entire match. Aerostar, who loves the top rope, cannot really get up there because, again, he is so half dead and very much not well. He gives Jack Evans enough time to recover and like run up to meet 
uh, him up there. But Jack Evans can't stop shit talking the crowd. Like he's on, he ha- he's on the top rope. Aerostar's injured. He has him. Jack Evans has him exactly where he would want him. But first, he needs to let the audience know that they suck and they are not Jack Evans. And I am Jack Evans, and I rule. Plot twist: Jack Evans gives Aerostar enough time to come back, hit a top rope Canadian destroyer, demolish Jack Evans' neck, and go for the pin and win at eight minutes thirty seconds. Ooh, ooh, indeed. This was great. What a debut. Yeah, like such a great way. I feel like I don't. Know, I feel like they have a they they're they're gonna have a uh, trouble. I think keeping crowds from che- from cheering for Jack Evans. Oh yeah. Even in this even in this match, we get a lot of this is awesome chance, and mm-hmm. it's very clear. Like this guy is fucking great. He did come out in the ring and was like, "Hey, you kids out there, like Eddie Goro," and just start doing some Eddie Goro type shit in the middle of the ring. Oh yeah, Je- yeah. Eddie Gordo. I mean. Jack Evans loves to break dance and he loves to break face. Jack Evans is great. I'm so watching this. I'm like immediately kind of bummed. He was wrestling with AEW. Uh, he was released, I think, 2021, 2022. And it's a shame. It was weird. He's, uh, ta- he was a tag team with his partner in Helico, which they mentioned at this time. They were at least one time AAA tag team champions together and Helico and Jack Evans. They came into AEW as hyb- uh, Hybrid 2? Hy- hybrid Theory? No. Hybrid Theory is a Linkin Park album. Yeah, I was like, uh, Hybrid Theory yes. seems right <laughs> for some weird reason. Yeah, that's because it is a Linkin Park album, and it is a great one. But they were like such a fun tag team. At this point, Angelico had kind of calmed down on strikes, but had really gone all in on submission offense. Combined with like Jack Evans, who can flip off of everything... And I so hope he gets to do these sort of promos in Lucha Underground. Like, real... Have you ever seen... Do you, uh, do you remember, did you watch a lot of Key and Peele? I think through osmosis, I have seen every episode. Okay, there is a Key and Peele sketch. They're doing a parody of sort of a UFC, like, face-off. Like, both fighters are talking to the camera. And the one fighter, Jordan Peele, plays like, hey, man, I'm going to do this. I'm ca- I've got the bitches. I got the money. I'm going to kick this guy's ass. And then Keegan-Michael Key is uh, like religious to the point of fanaticism and is absolutely terrifying. And those are the sort of promos Jack Evans ends up cutting in AEW. And it's awesome. Hell and yeah. I so I so want them. Cause it is, and then it's Angelico who's like, yeah, man, we're going to murder you with the power of God or whatever. I'm chill. It's just like Jack Evans frothing at the mouth. Jack Evans is great. I love Jack Evans. Follow him on Twitch. He's a fun follow. And we'll cut to the locker room. Uh-oh. Big Rick is counting a wad of cash in front of his locker when the Mac, his own cousin, enters fr- enters frame and asks, hey, where's, where'd that money come from? Like, real innocuous. Just like, hey, you got a wad of cash. Where's all that come from? Rick responds, my business is my business. Big like, hey, don't don't be like that. We're family. And like Mac is very just like, hey man, I just asked you a very reasonable question, I guess. He said, Oh, this single wad of cash, it's every dollar I made this last 27 weeks of an exclusive contract. <laughs> <laughs> this big wad of cash is a settlement from WWE. I had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Do you want to know what it's about? Of course. Well, it's a non-disclosure agreement, so I cannot tell you, Mac. No, Zeke, the former Ezekiel Jackson, brutal line. Uh, when Mac's like, hey, don't be like that, we're family. Being family didn't help us win those trios titles, did it? 
like it just like goes off he kind of a, he uh big rick thinks that mac is in the business just to do some fancy moves make some fans asserts that mac needs to smarten up this business is about one thing making money while you can yeah yeah lights a cigar tells mac that for the right amount of money he'd whip his own family's ass dude big rick is awesome i'm like very bummed that like knowing the future and reading wikipedia he this is the last year he wrestles 2015 i think is the last active year he wrestles oh that sucks but yeah and it's not even in lucha underground he is somewhere in uh, germany this is his last match wrestling is if you're trying to make money while you can wrestling isn't the most feasible option here but it made me be like i would love as someone who watches a lot of like B horror movie exploitation stuff, there's a mm-hmm. lot of times where for some directors like a David Dakota, for example, who will be like, yeah, like just like show your ass, you know, like just clear, like clearly is is wanting men always shirtless and, you know, sometimes showing a little ass because it's the 90s and into the early 2000s. Women want something on the screen as well. And so does David Dakota in his lens. Hell yeah. A little behind the scenes. We're recording this on Mother's Day and David Dakota gets it. Give a little present from mommy mm-hmm. sometimes. So I would love if the like it would make it trashier but i might enjoy it more if in the locker room we saw just like men with their asses out and it's like hey we'll pay you an extra 50 bucks if you show your ass <laughs> i mean that's part of me is like absolutely part of me is like and then we, we i i suggest if anyone wants to see more guy butt watch and wrestling watch more effie matches because Effie is great, and there's a real good chance you're going to see some more. You're going to see a lot of butt with, with Effie. Um, or like old school. Shawn Michaels used to love dropping trowel in the middle of the match. Uh, and that's why he's the heartbreak kid, and I love him so much. Ric Flair, too. Ric Flair loves showing his ass off. Woo, more like boo. Okay. I want to uh, see that man's ass. I want to see that man's cash in okay. the form of settlements. For his victims and also in a class action lawsuit. Yeah, instead of his ass, I want a class action lawsuit for everyone who's had to hear him say woo. I think he actually had, I have to double check. I feel like he paid a lot in class action lawsuits. Probably. He's hawking insurance now, so there's probably going to be something not directly towards him, but you know. You were going to say, hey, I would like that. And it seemed like there was going to be a however. However, there is also so much skin already in wrestling. I think the only part of the body we don't see is ass and peen. Maybe more toes. We could also use more toes. Uh, (laughs) Well, we would also to because Lucha Underground is all inclusive. We'd also Mm. get women's butts walking around in the locker room. And by women, we really mean woman because it's it's literally just sexy star at this point. Oh, and Ivelisse, how dare I? So uh, Nicole and I, I think we're watching the Wrestling With Regret retrospective on Hogan Knows Best season two. Oh, God. And yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> they were talking. Of, I think it was this or another wrestling thing. About, oh, as strong as these women and like, oh, only women can battle women, all of this bullshit. And I was like, Mm -hmm. actually, Nicole, that is because she's like, oh, that sucks. And I'm like, that's actually 
a United States thing in other territories and countries. It's just it's unisex, like uh, intergender, all of that. And then I said, to come to think of it, I don't think there has been a woman on woman match yet in Lucha Underground. Because there's only two of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and not even uh, like not even a country. And I won't because it is Japan has a pr- uh, problem with it as well. Uh, famously, the tag team of Bussy, which is Effie and Alley Catch, couldn't wrestle in Japan because it is an intergender tag team. Mm-hmm. I guess on the most technical level, they do not present themselves as such. They're not out there wrestling. Like we can only wrestle a guy and a girl. No, they'll rest. They were yeah. former GCW tag team champions. Uh, but because Japan didn't want that, I forget which, which promotion they were going overseas for, but they couldn't wrestle as bussy, uh, which was a shame. Also, it might've had something to do with the name bussy. Could be. Uh, yeah. But it's also like not even an American thing because Indies do it all the time. The last, yeah, the last time I was at Freelance, uh, Shaza McKenzie, who is a great wrestler. She's out of Australia, I believe. But she won like a, a massive like five, uh, five person battle royale against four other dudes. Like it's specifically an American television thing. Okay. So if Nicole is ever like, I don't want to go to this indie show because it's going to be gross and sexist. That might be fair. It depends which indie you go to. <laughs> Freelance is great, but Freelance is awesome. And you can go and watch Shaz McKenzie beat the shit out of some dude. And it's great. But we're going back to the ring. As Dario wants uh, seven luchadores to the ring. And there are already five in there when we come back from commercial. We got Penta. We got Phoenix. We got Cage. We got Killshot. And we got Cuerno, baby. Uh, Sexy Star makes her way to the ring. And Penta, I love they, they, they're keeping this, has not forgotten about their beef. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, come on. I still don't like you. Get to the ring so we can fight. Uh, Mac is our seventh. Killshot seems surprised uh, because, of course, they were trios members. Uh, mm-hmm. Big Rick alluded to this before. So the, And Cage and Cuerno are trios, uh, were former trios members, which we'll see in the match uh, play out. Dario, as uh, Mac comes out, Dario from the office announces that these seven will compete, will be competing for one of the seven Aztec medallions. What the fuck are the, yeah. And it's Dario coming from his office. It's not Dario from the office, which was that funny side character who is always screaming about violence and <laughs> drinking thinned gravy. <laughs> yeah, I want to be very clear. Michael Scott is not in this episode. No. I don't think he makes an appearance until season two. So keep listening and we'll get to that 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 silly world's greatest boss soon enough. Like, yeah, you will be competing for one of the seven Aztec medallions. What the fuck are those? I will not tell you. Nobody knows just that earning one of these medallions will give you a shot at immortality. Oh. And that's all he has to say about that. Yeah. And we go to the match. It's Pentagon Jr. versus Phoenix versus Cage versus Killshot versus King Cuerdo versus Sexy Star versus The Mac. One pinfall to finish for a medallion. This match is ridiculous. Before we even get into it, this match is ridiculous. I wrote down a constant flow of fight and finesse because this is how you do a match like this. Don't have a bunch of shit happening outside of the ring that we have to constantly keep going back and forth to. No, 
keep it localized to what is happening in the ring. And then as people jump out, others come in and it's just a constant flow of holy shit moments. Yeah, except for and I love this little detail. There is one person who while there is action happening in the ring and the camera is focused on the in ring action, there is always one person who's just going around the ring and just kicking the shit out of someone for no reason. And it's Cage. And it's awesome. <laughs> just, he's like, I know I'm not on camera, but also, fuck you. We also, I, it's crazy how we haven't brought this up yet. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. because I rarely see it because of my heavy blue blockers. I believe Cuerno has like angel wings possibly on one of his cum gutters. Oh, I didn't notice. Like I a tattoo. Yeah, I should. I mean, he's still on TV now wrestling as uh, Santos Escobar, a uh, member of the LWO with WWE television. So he probably still has those. I, I bring that up. It's just one. And mm-hmm. after high school, maybe, you know, so she was like 19 or 20. Someone I went to school with, her name was Bree. I won't say her last name. I will. Okay. Menustopolis. Okay. Menus Menus Menstopolis. You know Bree. Super well. Yeah. Very strong Greek heritage. <laughs> and at least that's what that sounds like. Sure. Why not? So was, was that a good jump in? Was that worth it? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, Thank you. I mean, you shouldn't be doxing my friend, but oh, yeah, still. my bad. She posted <laughs> on Facebook new tattoos that she got, which were on her cum gutters. It was nice. like these two doves and the Gosh. doves had ribbons coming out of their mouths and one said mom and one said dad. And I'm like, that's not what you want to bring to the table. Also, that's not what you want to bring to the dinner table to show your parents and be like, whip it out and be like, look, I love you guys so much. I put you on my womb. Did you ask like why though? Why that tattoo specifically? Because that actually, I'm not going to lie. Maybe it's because I'm a trash bag human being at heart and my core. I kind of love it. I think that's actually really sweet. I think the the tattoo itself is sweet, but the placement of it is weird. Someone will come on that tattoo. I'll, someone will come on every tattoo if you're alive long enough. I don't know. Like if like a if you have like a back of the head tattoo. Oh, absolutely. There's a chance someone will not come there. When I am with a new partner and they have tattoos, the first thing I say to them is hello. Uh, the second thing I say to them is I will come on every single tattoo you have. That is a promise. And then they whisper and say, "You won't be the first, and definitely not the last." And then she breaks up with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, what do you think of those tattoos? Sound off in the comments section below. Yeah, please, at MSS Pod, at Marshland Media, or on our Discord link in the description. And if you're Brie Manu Manu Menistopolis, Please tell us what that tattoo, cause, like, I'm very curious about what that tattoo symbolizes. I, do, I can look it up while you talk about this match. She, she might right. still be on Facebook and that post might still be there. Well, I got a lot of notes. I don't know how many we'll get through, but let's, yeah, this match is beautiful. Uh, James said before, moment to moment action, great f- moment to moment action and great shifting of focus. It never feels like too much. 
Referee Mike Knox doesn't even have time to wipe his ass as he slides into the ring to call for the bell, which is like a nice little thing. Like it, feel, it makes the match feel like this happened out of nowhere. Dario was just like, hey, I need seven wrestlers in the ring. Oh, shit. Yeah, Mike, we also need a referee. Mike, get in there. And the match begins. Phoenix and Pentagon are the are the first two in the ring are the first last two in the ring. Usually in matches like this uh, very quickly, everyone will kind of get dumped to the outside. So the first last two in the ring is brothers Phoenix and Pentagon. Penta tries to end the match early with a sling blade, which is one of his major moves, only secures it too, as does his tornado DDT. But just by the virtue of him going for that sling blade so early kind of clues you in on how this match is going to go. High offense, a lot of moves, and like powerful moves. No one's really going to have time for a chin lock or a rest hold. There's just too many bodies going in, going at it all at once. Uh, Penta gets lured to the outside by Phoenix's Tiger Faint, which is a 619 that doesn't connect. It's just kind of like, oops, I didn't, I didn't get tossed out of the ring. Hee <laughs> hee. Then Penta gets head scissors from the bottom two ropes to the outside. Phoenix is about to set up another move, like another running, uh, another running dive, but instead gets kicked in the skull by Guerno. Brutal, absolutely brutal boot to the headpiece. Uh, so now it's going to be Cuerdo and Killshot in the ring as Cage comes by. And as we mentioned before, casually just kind of punches everyone in the head who's not wrestling. <laughs> like, oh, you're not you're not currently in the ring right now. Bop. Uh, Killshot takes Cuerdo's back. We get real amateur wrestling from Killshot. Like he's a, you know, a slighter frame, at least compared to like Cuerdo or certain other just giant wrestlers. But we do see like how Killshot is not just a fast guy and a high flyer, but it's also just like... A solid technician, the way he takes Cuerno's back, like a real, like, I don't know, every now and again wrestling looks like wrestling, and I love that shit. But we also see how just intelligent Cuerno is as a wrestler. He kind of goes to take an arm, but he doesn't really want Killshot's arm. He just kind of, he, he just wants Killshot to let go of his back long enough to get a fucking choppy in. And all oh, the choppies. Cuerno lights him up. Okay. Sean, I'm I'm sending you the photo of what this looks like. Okay, yeah. So it it's so odd. Sweet. And in the comments, she does not say why this over here in this specific area, but in the comments she's like, "Oh yeah, my my parents do not know and I don't like I'm afraid to tell them about it." That is strange. Well, I mean, I why am I defending this woman I do not know? Well, yeah, it's strange, but also I feel like most tattoos. That's like a very common response to tattoos is I don't want my parents to find out or else I will not be buried in the Jewish cemetery. And oy vey. She also, I just sent it uh, on the small of her back, has in Latin art for art's sake. Which I Yo, guess, you know, yeah, that's actually, now that I say it out loud, that's pretty good. That's awesome. Her asshole is art for art's sake. No, I just mean like the tattoo where it's at is just art for art's sake. Yeah. Oh, I, I it is because it is above. It is the lower back. Mm -hmm. I like to think. I like to think her asshole is just a just a work of art. A real Picasso. A Picasshole, if you will. Ooh, I like that, Sean. Hey. <laughs> you're you're clever. I have moments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Killshot, and I love this match, uh, going back, uh, this moment in the match, and uh, Killshot is so fucking cool. 
because uh, he can do a little bit of everything. After he realizes he might not be able to out-wrestle Cuerno, he, recalib- he recalibrates. And he has some of the nice, evasive, just dip, dodge, duck, dive, and dodge out of the way moments. Stays evasive. It works until he goes for a suplex, which is Cuerno is not going to let you wrestle him. Maybe you can avoid him. Maybe you're a little faster than me, but I'm not going to let you out-wrestle me. Just fucking kicks the shit out of him drop style. Sexy and sexy star comes in, sees a moment, and absolutely just takes an opportunity to uh, uh, Tierras the shit out of Cuerno. Cuerno's like, "What the? F- where did you come from?" And while he's looking at sexy star, who then hauls ass out of there, just real. If you've ever played Jigglypuff in competitive melee, that's how you do it. You land a hidden, and then you stay in the air. Then you Ooh. land a hit, and you stay in the air. Sexy Star is going full Jigglypuff, and Cuerno is distracted long enough to get kicked in the head by Killshot again. Is this when we find out, listeners, that Sean at at one time in his life was ranked like fourth in melee competitiveness? Oh man, I wish I, I had a friend who for you had brawl, a friend, yes, my friend awesome. Cord, I think placed third in Western Michigan. Yo, that's dude. Smash Brothers is so fucking competitive. Mm-hmm. I love watching it. I absolutely will not compete. Like, it's just, it's so hard, man. Mm -hmm. It is the opposite of trading with Stu Hart in his dungeon. It's so hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to call call Stu Hart trading easy. I meant to say you don't get a boner while you're there. I got it. Listeners, I hope, didn't pause midway and then, like, two days later are coming back to this episode and being like, excuse me, that dude's strong as hell. I do not need heat with the Hart family again. Buffalo is too close to Canada. And Chicago, too close to Calgary. Not really, but clo- too close for comfort. We're uh, close enough to Wisconsin, and Wisconsin's practically Canada. Practically Canada. is too close for comfort, as is the offense that Mac and Killshot start employing. That's when we see these teams start happening. Killshot, Killshot and the Mac are on the same page, and they start just fucking whooping ass. As does uh, Cuerno and uh, a Cage, who set up for Cage's 619 again. Which, like, it doesn't matter how many times I see Cage do a 619, my eyes refuse to believe it. That dude is so fucking big. And for him to just do a 619 so well, I'm like, what? That's not fair. We'll have Cage do... Well, uh, this is what I'll do for the promo. It'll be Cage doing that 619. Or, or I guess, like, hey... Is this fact or fiction? Let's find out. He hits it, and then the guy from Fact or Fiction says, "It's true." Yeah, Commander Riker. Yeah, that's what that's what Star Trek is really all about: is uh, exploring how the fuck does Cage do half the shit that Cage is able to do. Cage and Cuerdo kind of take over on Mac and Killshot. A uh, double suplex, stereo top rope moves, pin stereo pinfalls. Uh, but sexy Penta and Phoenix break up both pins. Sexy starts teeing off, strikes against Cage, who just like like Mike Myers, the monster, not the comedian, slowly rises. It's like, you should not be hitting me so much. <laughs> Speaking of Mike Myers real quick and, you know, mm-hmm. it's what our podcast used to be about for like a month, uh, she yeah. did watch the Pentevrit again. Dude, that, we should, why did we not do a Pentevrit podcast? I don't know. We were doing this. <laughs> That's true. I'm glad. I'm glad we're doing this because we get to watch this match, which is ridiculous. Cage tries to lariat sexy, who ducks head scissors, uh, and head scissors Cuerno out of the ring. 
but then Sexy fails to duck the second lariat and Cage knocks her the fuck out. Max slides in, Shining Wizard. Like, just, we talk about, like, move, 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 move. It's insane. I did. I, oh, man. I, I need to, like, cut down some of these notes because I'm realizing I did notate this match move for move. I yeah. was just so excited. I was so excited. These are the times when it's maybe uh, you realize it's not James who makes podcasts longer. No, sometimes it's me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful, it's awesome. I want to kind of skip ahead a little bit. And it's a lot of the stories. It's Mac, Mac and Killershot working together. Cage and Cuerta working together. Sexy Star picking her spots. And Phoenix and Penta just want to fight. It's because they're brothers. I know. I don't think they've, I don't think they've said that yet though. No. Right? I think I told you that. Yeah. Because there's an awesome moment where it's, yeah, it's uh, 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 Penta, uh, Penta and Phoenix are being worked over by Mac and Killershot, who, like, they get thrown into the corner. They're, like, they're running back and forth, just spl- splashing them. On the third splash, they dodge Penta and Phoenix, who then uh, who set them both up in the corner, Tree of Woe style, double stomps to the chest, and then immediately afterwards just run face first into each other's clotheslines. Yeah. Which is such an awesome moment of, like, Ah, okay, we've taken care of these two. You're still alive. Ah, it's, mwah, violence, violence upon violence upon violence. We finally, and you kind of mentioned they don't do stuff on the outside until the, I, I would add an addendum until they do, but like in a way that feels totally earned. But also, I'm pretty sure what you're about to get to is them like throwing themselves at each other. Yeah. But it's not like nothing else happens. It's, hey, we're going to do this to kind of push these other people further outside of the ring so two other people can come in the ring and settle things once and for all. Yeah, it's a spot similar to we've seen uh, in the trios match of uh, Puma Hernandez and Mundo versus Cage Cuerno and uh, Tejano, which is, again, half the things Cage does, I do I factor fiction commander Riker do not believe this is the Phoenix suicida dive to the outside cage doesn't just catch him catches him in a vertical suplex like just straight turns him 90 degrees puts him into the vertical suplex kill shot runs uh, then follows up to complete the dive cross bodying both men and, and the fact that it, ha- it it's happens so late into the match it's just structurally feels so satisfying to see them like, and, and like, and, and it's such like a, at this point, so we feel so good about the match. So many things happened in the ring. It's almost easier for us to adjust focus to that area outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Also, and then Cuerto pulls out his quiver arrow from the depths of hell, which is again, the fuck. It's just such a cool name for a move. And it's such a mean suicida knocks out kill shot. So in the ring, we have Penta, Sexy Star, and Phoenix. Real quick, so I remember this idea. We should pay Nicole to do like one of her chibi style artworks, but it's Cuerno as Cupid. So he has his little arrow. <laughs> Nicole needs to draw this up yes. and she would make so much money selling this. I d- it's insane how I give her wrestling ideas and she's like, no. And I'm like, you would, they would sell. I mean, to be fair... I, I, I'll give on, on behalf of Nicole, I think like anything, you need to be really pretty jazzed about what you're creating. 
and because wrestling is such like a like i don't know it's like it's it, like I, like i don't know i feel like you wrestling art sells but it's also a niche market like there's not a whole like wrestling it's not 1998 right there's not a there's enough wrestling fans out there but there's not a bunch a bunch Hey, it would still open up the market and all of a sudden, oh, I'm a wrestling fan. I like this. Oh, my God. But my wife likes these cute frogs in selling jams. Yeah. I mean, it would it would absolutely. Yeah, I agree. But like, I don't know. Nicole doesn't have to like wrestling for us to like her. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Nicole, you know what? Fuck it. I'm on your side. Nicole, draw board. She be uh, King Cuerdo uh-huh. or Santos Escobar uh-huh. or chibi penta i feel like there is an artist out there on twitter i'll look them up in a second who does do chibi penta and phoenix and it's they're fucking great chibi wrestlers are great what was i talking about you're gonna say and who wins so i want to get to this this last spot because it's insane this is the penta sexy star and phoenix spot or penta has phoenix in between his legs pile driver pedigree who knows when sexy star tries to counter it jumps on penta's back puts her in uh this this move would be a gory special when you have them kind of like almost like you're stretching out them while they're on your back and fucking double gory bombs slash package pile driver decimates phoenix and sexy star god i love pentagon jr It's like one of those people going hiking and it's like, you don't need that much equipment to go. And they're like, oh, got to be prepared. He does so much. And I love every second of it. Uh, Pentagon now has Phoenix in position for the sacrifice armbar. Sexy Star breaks it up, but cannot escape before she's gut busted, which gives Phoenix enough time to leap on Penta's shoulders, play bongo on his head. Poison Rana, standing moonsault, one, two, three, 10 minutes and 15 seconds. So much. That match is insane. Oh, uh, yeah, it was very good. It was the best match of the night. Hey, oh, but we got more. We got more backstage segments, I guess. We cut to Dario's office. Odd Thruple have a meeting with the boss. Just real exposition y. Uh, the crew have another shot at the trio's title. Yeah. This one will be a ladder match. Before it even showed it was the odd thruple, I knew it was them, just how Dario was, you know, kind of, his body language was showing, like, you guys are back in here. The amount of times they're (laughs) in a meeting with him, it's like, these could be handled through an email, sir. Yeah, they're very much, if this was the office, they're all the gym. The odd thruple, I feel like, or, yeah. They're, they're ne'er-do-wells, they're slackers, mm-hmm. they're the Beavis and Butthead of the Lucha Underground Temple, and they just so happen to be your trio's champions. Ivelisse is like, well, I have a broken-ass foot, dude, a ladder match is kind of rough on me. Dario says, well, I could strip you of the titles now? And Helico comes in, no, we fight. Son of Havoc, no, we fight. Ivelisse, no, we fight. Can, can you guys help me out? No, don't touch me, just help me out. Stop touching me and just open the goddamn door, you buffoons. Very funny. Wonderful, wonderful little segment. In the locker room, we cut the Phoenix on the bench fixing his gear. Gets interrupted by the flickering lights. And Katrina is in the doorway. And she just pulls a straight up Tanya from Mortal Kombat 4 ending cinematics. Silly Phoenix, you fell right into my trap. Mwahaha. Uh, apparently, by burying Mill... In Mill's last match, the Phoenix-Mill casket match, Phoenix, the bird of a thousand lives, 
has given Mill enough power to be reborn stronger than ever. I guess it's kind of like jump-starting a car battery, yeah. but like more magic-y, right? Hell yeah. yeah. I love that explanation. Like, I, I, yeah, because Lucha Underground is so not afraid to be magical and to be supernatural mm-hmm. that like I told, I absolutely bought that. Like, why is Katrina with Mill? It's been a trap the whole time. We were t- we wanted that match with Phoenix because either way, we will absorb just enough of Phoenix's power to be able to die and come back stronger. Yeah. Katrina tells Phoenix, Mill is coming for him. You are just a pawn. And I will now lean in for this smooch of mortality. But Phoenix has finally learned the lesson of chastity. He blocks the kiss this time. Lights go out. And when they come back on, Katrina is gone. Uh Uh-oh. But instead, some goons in skull masks. Like, very putty energy. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. I must have been writing down this note, which was Mill, 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 (laughs) Mill died a thousand times, which I think I've said before on this show, or maybe not. I don't remember. I do not listen to this show. That's amazing. Uh, Yeah, no, uh, they cut back. Phoenix is like, well, well, where'd she go? He looks up and like they're crouched on top of the locker, Mm. like very putty energy. Just like blooming all over the place before they descend on Phoenix and the camera cuts before we see what happens next. Okay, I have putty energy. Uh, Can we get that clean? Can you do that one more time? It was clean. (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? I think we're going to need that one more time. Even if you were talking over me, it would still be clean. We're in separate rooms. I think we're going to need that one more time. We live together. We're in the same apartment, but different rooms. Isolation. So you're not gonna give it. To, you're not gonna give it one more time. I give off more <laughs> putty energy. Uh, uh, thank, you, thank you so much. The main event. It was cleaner, but also dirtier by a thousand times. I am Hell mill yeah. perverted. Mill of a thousand comes. Yay yeah, yay. Yeah. Uh, the main event uh, to determine our number one contendership. It is Alberto El Patron versus Hernandez. We must have a clear, a clear winner. Therefore, no disqualification, no countout. And you know shit is serious because Patron's shirt is off immediately. I have the exact same notes. <laughs> <laughs> Alberto jumps. Again, it's so weird watching Alberto at this time period. How beloved he is! How much he immediately goes into he goes into the boat he goes into the audience twice on his way to the rig just to like bask in their glory of him. Alberto wrestles Hernandez to the corner early until Hernandez remembers that he doesn't have to wrestle Alberto. He is so strong. All he all he has to do is bully him, mm-hmm. which he does, setting up his shoulder first into the post. And you know these two like Puma. It has that belt on, and these two are veterans, and they're going mm-hmm. to be coming after them. That year, those years of experience could fold over on Puma. But Vampiro says, "You want to know what? Puma's great. He's awesome. However, Puma does have that cancer in his corner." Conan, where Striker is like, "What the?" Even Striker stops, like, "What the fuck, dude? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell me you don't like Conan. Tell me you don't like." I like, like, and Striker's like, I like Conan. I don't know. He seems great. He's historically significant. He, you know, he's the reason we have Rey Mysterio in the States. 
Vampiro's like, yeah, well, he he's the reason why I couldn't buy a boat in 94. He took away that soap opera deal. <laughs> the boatless Vampiro. <laughs> at it again. Sitting at the poor in the sand. He's like, God damn it. I could be out there on those waves. That could have been me. <laughs> uh, Hernandez eventually whiffs on his corner splash. Uh, basically a stinger splash. Uh, when Alberto comes back, clothesline, clothesline, lung blower, Alberto straight up tunes up the band. Like he's about to hit the Shawn Michaels sweet chin music. Misses a super kick. Hernandez comes back shoulder tackles uh, before just choking the shit out of him. Again, like you're, Hernandez doesn't have to wrestle Alberto. Hernandez doesn't have to wrestle most people. He just has to bully them. He just has to overwhelm them by his sheer Hernandezness. Or make him cringe by the way he dances. It's the best. I severely disagree. I lo- dance, dance for me more, Hernandez. Hold me closer, giant Hernandez. There you go. And ca- count the headlights on my boner. Okay, you lost it. You should have just stopped <laughs> when I gave you props. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know who can't stop, though? Uh, Hernandez, who gets that torture rack, torture rack backbreaker, only gets a two, though. Uh, sh- Hernandez is shocked for just long enough to give Alberto time to wake up Armbreaker into this super kick, also just a two. But Alberto's fired up. He doesn't even mind that's a two count. This just means time for the armbar, armbar, armbar. And we're going to see that armbar, and there is going to be nothing to interrupt this armbar. Ooh, I can't wait for this armbar. It shall be placed on Hernandez any moment now, for there is no one left to stop Alberto El Patron. Except there is. Yeah! Johnny fucking Mundo. Our hero turned Rudo is here. I forgot this, and I don't think he turns back. I'm very sad. Johnny Mundo, out of nowhere, pulls Alberto out of the ring to only send him face first through Dario's office window. Okay. Yeah. In audible, loud, for real, holy shit, I said for two reasons. One, Mundo going Rudo, and two, Wowzers, the office set is actually behind that door. Yeah. (laughs) As is Dario. Dario is in the office. One of the reasons I think Dario Cueto, I need to learn that actor's name, is so wonderful as the authority figure, is the way he has to hide his smile of like, oh no, I can't, oh, not violence. Oh geez, Johnny, why would you, Johnny, why would you? Is he just like pouring himself a drink? uh, So on that, if Mm -hmm. I were to be writing for this show, it would not have, he would have poured two drinks. He would have poured one for himself then sat by a seemingly unconscious, bloody El Patron and tried motioning like, would you like a drink as well? You're (laughs) in my office. Stay for a while. Which is very, which would be very silly. But I also like I don't want to take away how good it is. He has to he has to pretend like I wanna make I would mm-hmm. love to offer El Patron a drink right now, but I'm technically the boss. And if I look too excited about this, I will be sued for workplace negligence. 
as opposed for the shitty contracts, which I will be sued for in real life. Even though he won't be. Oh, no, he's the real. Yeah, no, he's he's real. He's the real owner. No, the only thing real about him is he for real is drinking thinned gravy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, After that huge Marty Shawn Michaels style breakup. Why Johnny wide chance as Johnny slides Alberto bleeding from the from the forehead and also very dead into the ring for the pin and win. Hernandez goes over at five minutes and eight seconds. We were wrong and I'm glad we were. We thought, oh, this means Patron's going in. No, it's Hernandez v. Puma. Will Conan's Mm -hmm. former helper take the bell or will Puma Conan's child in the sun? retain I don't, I don't know the only thing i do know james is for sure that why johnny why well because quote this is my world and we fade to motherfucking black one of those like it's hard one of those like main events that isn't really a match mm-hmm. but moves so many stories forward i loved I'm it f- totally fine with it absolutely I'm very sad, especially after last week, realized like Johnny might be my favorite wrestler and he's finally a baby face. So I just get to cheer for him. This is great. And then he immediately turns heel. I'm like, ah, shit. Nah, man, he's still a good guy. He's still a baby face in my face. As, as long as, you know what? As long as he's fucking over Alberto, I agree. Yeah, yay. And that was a great, yeah, great episode. I think it's like a 8.9 or like a nine something on cage match. Very well rated, uh, very highly rated. Moved so many stories forward. And we have like a whole new piece of like the championship was great, but did not have any dark magic attached to it. Now we're getting some like what Lucha Underground does so well over so many other wrestling promotions. A lot of things, but especially that how unafraid they are of dealing with the supernatural. Mm -hmm. And we are going fucking there. And if you're going somewhere, why don't you go over to twitch.tv slash Kaiser, watch a little bit of video games, have a little bit of fun, get down tonight, why not even? Hey guys, listen to my music under Marshland Monster. New single, it's a remix, a house mix of pulpit aesthetic it's so good sean i need to send it to you Ooh, baby if you listen to that uh or watch that compilation the side by sides of those kids getting hit that i made that beat underneath is from this new song hell yeah so i'm very excited for that that is june 9th listen to that listen to all of my music i need ten thousand streams a day to make a living and i think we can get there guys we're somewhat close we got like three thousand hell yeah you fucking you son of a do it you do it you sons of beautiful beautiful creation but if you also want to help me make a living, listen to my other podcasts. Go to MLMPod.com to find out information about that. This week, Sean was on the table read of What's New Scooby-Doo, a formulaic, such a fun episode. That was so much fun, and I feel like is going to be a nightmare for you to edit. Oh, it's and already I've- edited. Oh, you already did it? Yeah. Was it a nightmare for you to edit? Eventually, it gets to be not a nightmare, just... <laughs> Because there's 10 tracks and there's so many Mm -hmm. cuts, eventually it just gets real laggy. And that's the only issue. Yeah. Well, and it's just the reason I I say that is because it was so much fun to do. Mm -hmm. And I call myself like, this is so much fun. 
That means we're goofing off a lot. We got very silly. The goof off parts, those get delegated to bloopers, so I really don't need to edit those as well as I do the other stuff. Oh yeah. Listen to the listen all the way through. We got I feel like that was a very silly group. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So silly. So my fun. sister's on it. Playing my sister on. in school. We do immediately start talking about piss. Yeah, that's <laughs> was not recorded, so that's good. <laughs> and she is talking about piss, not me. This is true. Everyone in Muskegon loves piss. All right. And the insane clown posse. Well, wait. Well, MC Deep is also who was on the call was not talking about piss, to my knowledge. But I could I could see it in his eyes. He was into it. All right, guys. Uh, Also, if you want to help me make a living even more, head over to patreon.com forward slash MLM pod, where for $5 a month, you get exclusive content every single Friday. If we get to, I think we had like the $600 tier. We'll do that Avril Lavigne slash Serrano podcast. But I think maybe at the 400 or $500, once I'm able to pay Lil Corey $100 in one month, we are doing... Every single Sharknado movie. So please, patreon.com forward slash MLM pod, sign up today. And if you're a $10 patron, you get exclusive content, like monthly style, and you get shout outs on every single free feed podcast. And if you're a business or you're a rapper, artist, whatever, just throw your handle in here. If Steve F wanted me to say there's a handle, I would, but starting with these shout outs, Steve F. Silly Steve, you fell right into my trap. Eric Berry of the podcast. Podcast Ranger Command Power Hour. Silly Ranger Command Power Hour, you fell right into my trap. Alex Z, the Waz. Silly Waz, you fell right into my trap. Orion, he is going to be producing music, and I'm not 100% sure on what his handle will be. Once I know, I'll update the shoutouts. Silly to be determined handle, you fell right into my trap. Jordan B, the Chaos Witch. Silly Chaos Witch, you fell right into my trap. My Bickle, Joshua Jakus. Silly Bickle, you fell right into my trap. Steve Barnes, sweet child of time. Sweet swat. Fuck. Silly sweet. That's so hard to do. Why would he name himself that? Silly sweet child of time, you fell right into my trap. My mother. Silly mother, you fell right into my trap. Lil Corey's BFF and soon to be former roommate, Shane. Silly Shane, you fell right into my trap. That fed. Silly that fed, you fell right into my trap. Twitch.tv forward slash core winning. It's core win. Silly core winning. You fell right into my trap. And co-host of Formulaic as well as the ROM complex. Twitch.tv forward slash R2 Shelby 2. It's R2 Shelby 2. Silly R2 Shelby 2. You fell right into my trap. And I've been James. And I'm still Sean. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah.